Hello and welcome to Dealcast. I'm Juliana Needham. Today we're talking about two situations in the news, a potential combination between Smith's Group's medical division with a US competitor, and we'll also be discussing German energy group Unipa and its bid to maintain its independence. I'm joined by Will Kane, who's been covering both of these stories for The Flash. Now, first of all, Will, Smith's and ICU Medical. Smith's is in talks with ICU Medical, which is a US competitor. Smith's has long been touted as a breakup target. How significant could this latest development be for a breakup argument of Smith's? It looks like it could be moving closer. I think the announcement from Smith's um, last week really showed that the early stages towards a breakup might be moving into place. Uh, essentially, what the announcement said was that Smith's was in very early stage talks with ICU medical around combining its healthcare division. Obviously the details are quite sketchy at the moment, the structure could be done in in a lot of different ways, but for those who have looked at Smith's and seen it as a possible breakup candidate, this does look like a fairly significant development. And how does the medical division fit into Smith's and why might a deal make sense? We know that other parties have looked at buying it before. That's right, yes. So we do have a rough idea of the the companies that have been interested in it in the past and also roughly what kind of valuation they were looking to attach to it. I mean, the key thing that you're looking for if you're investing in these kinds of special situations, breakup scenarios, etc., is you're looking to buy a dollar for 50 cents. And so in this case, what we're seeing is Smith's Medical being potentially valued at 50%, up to 50% of Smith's entire enterprise value, contributing only around 30% of the earnings. So the arithmetic does look like it stacks up. Obviously, you have to take a view on what the other divisions within Smith's um, are worth as well. But that has always been the key argument around Smith's. Uh, and what kind of valuation is being suggested for the medical division? The media reports, which really prompted Smith's to make an announcement, said in excess of $2 billion, which looks like a very low-ball kind of number, just on the basis of past bids for the division, which have been rejected. And I think you can get some insight into what type of valuation could be um, attracted by looking at ICU Medical itself, which is similar, slightly larger in terms of revenue, slightly smaller in terms of profitability. It has an enterprise value roughly four billion to four and a half billion pounds. And if the two businesses are in the same market with essentially the same profitability metrics, you'd expect them to be in the same ballpark essentially, and also a straight peers read across for Smith Medical also points to something between four and four and a half billion. And we're seeing increasing levels of activism across Europe. What role have activists played in this situation? In Smith specifically, they've played a, a, a ha, had some kind of role in the sense that Value Act has previously invested in Smith's and really, I suppose, highlighted the breakup logic. It eventually actually sold its stake to concentrate on its investment in Rolls-Royce, which is also moving towards its own corporate reorganisation. And we've seen activists involved in other UK industrial, GKN, um, which proposed a similar type of transaction with its automotive division before it had a tug of war with Melrose over a takeover offer, which ultimately was successful. So in a lot of ways, Smith is seen as the next most obvious target after GKN and Rolls-Royce in the UK. 
And now we've really got to wait and see what the talks and what the substance of those talks is. So another situation that has an activist involvement, Uniper and Fortum. Uniper had its AGM this week and it's facing a key shareholder vote. Can you tell us a bit more about that? That's right. All the talk really in the run-up to this vote has been around a amendment, a motion proposed um, by the hedge fund Cornwall, which is linked to Paul Singer and obviously the eponymous Elliott Management Hedge Fund, uh, essentially asking for the appointment of a special auditor. It's quite a controversial move. There's been a lot of speculation about how the vote will play out. And what we've learned is that E.ON is actually attempting to delay the vote, um, really handing off the problem to Uniper, which is expected to conclude its purchase of a 47% stake in Uniper from E.ON primarily sometime soon. So what are the implications for Fortum, which is is close to securing regulatory approval, to buy this this near 50% stake from E.ON? Well, really, for Fortum, it's a little bit like they've been handed a grenade by E.ON and they've kind of said goodbye, essentially, and we'll leave you to it. What Fortum now has to do is um, decide how it's going to vote on this issue. Clearly, the motivation for putting forward the motion was to ensure that Uniper's management really cooperates with Fortum when it is the major shareholder and enables them to look for possible synergies between the two businesses, even though Fortum will have limited uh, operational control of the asset really as as just a majority shareholder. And I think it really highlights the problem that Fortum faces in its acquisition of this stake, it certainly made a very significant investment, but it has also increased its leverage very materially and has no real operational control. So this vote really highlights that Fortum needs to find ways to to make cost savings and and potentially even buy out the whole business um, in, in order to secure some of those opportunities. And what are the likely next developments once Fortum gets the remaining regulatory approvals? There has been speculation that Fortum could launch a whole takeover offer for Uniper. Quite how it will do that is still unclear. If it makes another takeover offer within 12 months of the E.ON transaction, it will essentially incur a ratchet on the amount it paid to E.ON. So it'll have to pay E.ON an increased value as well as all the other shareholders. And it will want to certainly avoid that. It could wait the 12 months. Um, But as we mentioned, the issue it faces is it has increased leverage and and no operational control. And the final option possibly is to come to an agreement with some of Uniper's other shareholders to implement a a squeeze-out, probably through a domination and profit and loss transfer type of agreement, in which case it would be able to then establish those synergies and actually on a reported basis, possibly reduce leverage as we looked at in the flash. Great. Thanks, Will, and thank you for listening.